and welcome to the American Cinema Foundation Movie Podcast. I am your host, Titus, and today I am joined by my friend, John Presnell. We usually like to talk about Brian De Palma, but today we're talking about Francis Ford Coppola and The Godfather on its 45th anniversary this year. It's the end of the year, and at the end of the year I always watch old movies and reminisce and think back on things. And John, you have had all sorts of great remarks to make that have sent me thinking about this. I'm glad to have you here to do this podcast. And I guess we can tell our audience, you should listen to us about The Godfather, even though you've heard all the cool lines (laughs) and seen all the good scenes and the great photography. And you know everything there is to know about the trivia. Because we'll tell you things about the story since that you've remembered that you haven't necessarily seen as part of the story of America, from immigration to Western expansion, from founding through civil war to going international, as John says. Mm-hmm. We'll give you all sorts of things you haven't heard before to show that the greatness of the movie was not all the cool stuff. It was how all American it is. Well, it's, it's a pleasure to be here, Titus, to talk about a movie that it is hard to think about what could be said that it hasn't been said, but perhaps by focusing on some details and then trying to connect that to episodes in American history and the way Americans have dealt with these problems. All of a sudden, you can put those details perhaps in a new light without having to speak of the cannoli and sleeping with fishes and so on. As great as that stuff is and as beautifully filmed as it is with its dark cinematography and its construction, its montage is done brilliantly. That I think we can all attest to and there's not need to belabor those points but to maybe bring up some issues that uh, are not ordinarily looked at. So let's begin with the beginning with uh, Americo Bonacera. This guy comes to the godfather on the wedding day of his daughter to ask a favor that is also a question of justice. Somehow justice is about doing favors to people and then they have to be grateful to you. It's a Mm -hmm. strange idea. This is where I started thinking about Godfather by reading an essay by the great Professor Paul Rye in which he pointed out that in the first scene you see a conflict playing out between the American way of life and the old world way of life. A politics that is not about your rights and your citizenship. And so Americo Bonacera, the guy whose name is literally Goodnight America, (laughs) wants to pay for the services he asks for because contract means you're free. You get what you paid for, you pay for what you get, and then you can live your merry life your own way. He wants to go to the American justice system because there he has certain rights and he is assured due process. And that means again that you're free. You don't depend on the people who give you justice. They are not your superiors. But this turns out not to have worked for him. Mm -hmm. The conversation between him and the Godfather puts the way of life of the Godfather in a great light. And we start by seeing him as elegant, imposing, but also merciful and just. Remarkable. It should be something intolerable for us to see. He's not our equal as citizen. He's not a celebrity you can buy tickets to or what have you. He's a ruler. He decides about people's lives and deaths. That's right. We begin the movie with the line that Americo Bonacera tells us, I believe in America. And then we see his face. We know he's speaking to Don Vito Corleone, and he's giving his account of his experience and how he has made his fortune in America and raised his daughter in the American manner and let her date non-Italians. And then the misfortune that falls upon her, she's brutally beaten. And then the misfortune through the courts and so on. 
Don Corleone quietly listens to this, and he himself begins a critique of this belief. He says, you lived in a paradise with your laws and your police, and now you come to me. Americo comes to the Don, it says, because he knows that he's required to give favors on his daughter's wedding day. Americo believes in America, but his actions here contradict that, and yet he gives his speech, which allows Don Corleone to offer his critique of it and take away that belief and replace it now with what he has to offer. He is patient. He offers even consolation, gives him a drink when he's crying, thinking about the fate of his daughter. And yet he exerts and demands the respect. He won't take money. He even understands why America never wanted to have anything to do with them, even though they're the godparents, because he wanted to peacefully ply his trade of being an undertaker. Of course, here we have a mutual interest, a mutual advantage, perhaps. <laughs> He understands that, but he says, if you wish to have justice, why would you go to the cops? Why didn't you come to me? Whatever justice I will offer you or provide for you demands this respect, this loyalty, this kind of submission to me. But he bows to him. Yes, Godfather. He finally says at the end, calls him Godfather. Yep. Giving him his proper honorific. And so you go from this American attitude, the client is always right, to this old world attitude where the patron is always right, the owner, the godfather. Don Corleone, his most amazing, he dominates by his silence because somebody came to him in need. That's what makes his presence so impressive. He is needed by other people whom he does not himself need. There is a certain kind of human equality. He says, I give you justice as a favor for which you should be grateful. Mm -hmm. Maybe one day I'll need a favor from you. Then we'll be equal. We'll be quits. It'll be tit for tat. That'll be mm -hmm. justice in the common sense. But up until then, he is like a god. Grants yes. things and needs nothing. That's what's so impressive about him. And you can Indeed. see that. doesn't want to murder anybody. He doesn't mm -hmm. want to humiliate anybody. The man outraged that his daughter was outraged, hurt and violated, he wants murder. That's right. Godfather says that's too much. That's going mm -hmm. too far. Turns out that this gangster here is not a gun for hire. He's insulted by the suggestion. What he is is a dispenser of justice, a just ruler. He will mm -hmm. give people what they deserve. Yeah, that whole issue where Americo whispers in his ear asking for the murder of these boys who had assaulted his daughter, he won't do that. And that's a great point. So he has to instruct Americo about what justice is. He first went to the police under the law and following procedures, which are neutral with regard to the content of the case. Vito Corleone brings up the question of content, of what is the appropriate punishment for these young men. And it is not murder. It, after all, his daughter is still alive. So break their jaws and break their nose, put them in the hospital. Yes, but not murder. Yep, and that's what shows why we're interested in The Godfather. We should say, these guys are just gangsters. They're hoodlums. Don't let's glorify them. Don't let's pay yes. attention to them. The police will take care of them. Well, but there's still crime in America. There's still organized crime in America. If we all believe in rational government, individual rights, our mutual equality under the law, why should that be? Mm -hmm. Turns out that there's another part of America. And it also turns out like with uh, Amerigo Bonacera, this ideal entrepreneur immigrant. You know, mm -hmm. The Democrats should love him because he's an immigrant. The Republicans should love him because he's an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. But, but mm -hmm. America failed him. He doesn't believe in it anymore. He only mm -hmm. believed when it was comfortable and uh, rewarding. Now he's looking for something else. And that's how we're introduced to the gangsters, the crime, the underworld, dark side of America. America. Sometimes America doesn't work out. What do you do then? Some yep. people turn to crime. That's how it's possible for somebody
somebody like Corleone, lion-hearted, yeah, to, yes, to come yes. out as a ruler. That's right. He provides yeah, you know, justice. It points towards the family, too, because at first, Americo, being a good American, will raise his daughter in the American way. And of course, look where that led her. Vito Corleone, his criminal business, is the family. There's something lacking in the American legal system in terms of individualism uh, that might lessen those familial bonds, especially when it comes to, say, seeking some kind of justice for harm done to your most beloved and, and most dear ones within your family. The family comes to prominence here over whatever is seen in public of us as citizens and equal individuals under the law. Yet it's still the family or Don Corleone who can bring about this justice. Yep. As a ruler, he is a godfather. There is something right. godly about him because he's above mere human beings. He doesn't function on reciprocity. But he's also a father. Mm -hmm. He is literally a godfather to the child who was outraged, violated, and who mm -hmm. has to be avenged. And he is, of course, involved in his community directly. He doesn't rule from Washington, D.C. Mm -mm. He doesn't rule from the U.N. He rules mm -hmm. directly from where the people are. He is among them. And unlike politicians, he's afraid to walk among the people. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. this doesn't change what a gangster is, but it shows that the formal system of rules in America isn't that good. It has mm -hmm. failures. The one detail I love about this great introduction is that Americo Bonacera is an undertaker. Yes. In America, he has made his success a fortune by dealing with the dead. That's he, right. Death is sacred. Death is holy. But you can make a fortune out of it. That's right. Yep. Yep. That, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I suppose as long as you keep having gang warfare, business will boom. He's doing fine. And I suppose that Vito is the godfather to America's daughter. He understands why America, because of the gangster element, the corruption, the crime, wants no part of that. He wants to live peacefully, just plying his trade. He should understand, given his primarily who his customers are going to be within that neighborhood, their connection to Don Corleone. He's mistaken in thinking that he could have had it both ways, take care of their dead and yet make a fortune and raise his daughter in the American way. There's a conflict there. He's come to realize this. Yeah, I believe in America, just not so much anymore. I believe in you, Godfather. And we should compare this guy as a father and as a businessman with the godfather himself. Don Vito Corleone also wants to invite senators and judges to his daughter's wedding. Mm -hmm. He can't show up at an organized crime bash. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> the exactly. godfather also knows about respectability, that it's necessary. Like Amerigo Bonacera, he believes in America enough to want his children, at least his son Michael, to be respectable, legitimate, and out of the family business. That's right. There are certain things that America can give that the Godfather cannot. That's right. So Michael in this scene is the returning war hero. He'd fought in World War II. We're still in 1945. It's an outdoor wedding and we're in New York. So it's late summer. And so the war is just over. And we find out later, of course, Michael had attended an Ivy League university. And he has a Protestant, non-Italian, non-Sicilian girlfriend that he brings to the wedding with him. And everybody seems to be proud. He's wearing his uniform to his sister's wedding. 
as our other there. You That's can right. see how this is a way in which even gangsters participate in American democracy. They fought in World War II, same as everybody else. Mm -hmm. Of course, they've won. The question is how to live in America with victory. Here, mm -hmm. disagreements of opinion emerge. Mm -hmm. Just like Michael Corleone has this very democratic quality about him, he served his country patriotically, taking the same risks as anybody else. He also has this aristocratic ambition, instilled at least by his father. You're going to go to an Ivy League school. You're going to be educated with the children of the very wealthiest, most prestigious families, mm -hmm. not with everybody else down the street. He didn't go to Fordham. He wants the best for his son in the sense of prestige and respectability. He has ambitions that are all American. Everybody wants to send their kids to Harvard, mm -hmm. and apparently Michael Corleone attended. He was able to get a girlfriend due to either his own charms, which he doesn't seem to show too many of, or maybe just his exoticism to Kay, his mm -hmm. girlfriend. And of course, it's unclear of his career, but uh, I, I suppose he's dropped his college career for a while to go fight in the war. And there he can show on the battlefield in an American way he's equal to the others whatever school he attended, he would always still be looked upon by the outside. And you wonder even his admission to a university of that sort would be perhaps connected to the father's connections to the judges and politicians we hear about more respectable in the political world. Surely would have had an impact in him getting admitted to an Ivy League school. Yep. At this level, you can see just how all American the Corleones are. They might as well be the yeah. Kennedys, right? Yeah, that's right. right. <laughs> Except they haven't quite escaped it yet yes. uh, but give them time it seems or at least that's the premise at the end of the film give it time and they can get there um, yep. old joe kennedy was a shady guy who scared other people who people say made his business in organized crime and bootlegging. But That's his right. son went to Harvard, That's right. was a war hero, and he would be respectable. That's right. This is a movie made in the 70s, so I don't think this is really all that accidental. No. But it's also, of course, not just America's own monarchy, the Kennedys. It's an all-American ambition. It has a democratic component like war service and public service, and That's it right. has an aristocratic component of lording it over everybody else and being recognized as the best Proved by the most prestigious institutions. So Michael from the get-go seems to be the most American of the Corleone children. Mm -hmm. He has been brought up to represent the family in an American way. Now, originally we think that that means to be respectable, to go to Harvard, also to serve in the war. Mm -hmm. If like John Wayne you don't, people will always be suspicious of you for it, and for good reason. Other yes. actors went and served. Why should that guy make a fortune when, they, right. when they're taking risks? That's the first look we get of Michael. Michael, his respectability, and this respectability shows up as inefficiency in the world of the Godfather. Everybody else does something in that family, not Michael. He's That's good right. for nothing in that sense. His one brother, Sonny, the heir apparent to Vito. Sonny himself wants to keep Michael out of it because of what Sonny thinks needs to be done. Michael's just going to get in the way. And uh, he thinks, at least, that Michael's going to complicate it, bringing in his outside ways and uh, what he learned in college. And they just think he's soft. When Michael discovers that the Dawn is defenseless at the hospital because of corruption and scheming to get him murdered, what Sonny tells him over the phone is, don't panic. He's not a hysterical woman. 
him, but that's how he's treated because he doesn't have the lion heart, the manliness that's required mm-hmm. for a life of crime. Respectability makes you weak. Indeed, that's the face of Michael as his his girlfriend or fiance Kay. Mm-hmm. She has no idea about this world. She's shocked. Mm-hmm. She has none of the qualities, of course, that would be required to survive in that world. Mm-hmm. And yes. Michael wants, in some sense, to be together with her. He's bringing her home. It's not just a show of their love. It's a show of his independence from the family. That's he right. says explicitly, that's who my family is. They threaten well, you, people. At, at the wedding, Luca Brasi's there, and he's going to go meet with the Don and Case. Who is this scary-looking guy? And he tells a story about how he got out Johnny Fontaine out of his contract with the big band. He ends up having a gun to the big band leader's head, and he says, true story. This distances him. That's not me. That's my family. That's just a true story, right? But we, you and me, somehow me, we can have a different story. Exactly. As Michael gets involved in the family business, it seems like he's a failure as an American. He has not Americanized sufficiently. He's like Americo Bonacera. He was American while it was profitable, but when his family is endangered, he doesn't want to be American anymore. Mm-hmm. And we have to leave it at that for now, but we'll come back to see just how more complicated as an American Michael Corleone is. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts about Sonny? Sonny is yeah. an American name. His name is Santino, the little saint. That's right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the obvious with Sonny is his appetites and his passion, his directness when feeling threatened. He's a fighter and he gets outraged. He gets angered. He feels this injustice and he's going to hit you back twice as hard as you hit him. Think of Sonny as someone who never left the neighborhood. And so he's in the family, but he also has a quieter reputation, I'm sure, in the neighborhood as a tough guy, beat everybody else up. And now he's the next in line for this Corleone family and he's going to operate in that way. His education was in the family and on the streets. And what works there is your manly prowess, willingness to use violence. Even though he's not calculating in the slightest, it's gotten him to where he needed to go. Yeah, you're right about these things. And now the plot sells him short because the whole long second act is when he runs the family and that's when all the desperately bad things happen and all the tragedy occurs. It shows him therefore at his most ineffectual because he's not a good godfather. He Mm -hmm. can't run the family. He's just not fit for it, either by temperament or by habits or by his opinions and ideas. But he's not to be dismissed. If you tone it down a little, this Mm -hmm. loving fighting man could be a country music hero. He could be some guy in a western. He's got a lot of the virtues of American manliness. He's honest, doesn't shut up and plot and intrigue. He tells you what's on his mind. He calls Mm -hmm. a spade a spade. He loves the women. He is a fighter. He knows what's his and is willing to defend it. He's no coward. He's no betrayer. These are all good qualities, actually, and they're also all American. Mm -hmm. Where he differs with America is on the question of the law. (laughs) (laughs) And you see, from the beginning, he's a bulldog and a horn dog at the wedding, Mm -hmm. goes out of the family compound to disperse all the reporters and what have you, wants to get rid of some people. Turns out they're the G-men, they're the FBI. He spits at these people. From his point of view, they're just bad news. They're just somebody else. They are not the law that runs the society. They're not Mm -hmm. law enforcement. They're just Mm -hmm. rivals. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just there simply to interfere 
with the way things need to be going as he understands it. And I suppose he thinks spitting on the FBI, he thinks he can just eliminate them the way I suppose he had earlier um, had eliminated those who got in his way just through his sheer willingness to use violence and his strength. Where we see his being a bad godfather, obviously the Corleone family interest, the Genco and their connections to politicians and with the police and the unions, let alone their liquor and the gambling interests, the expansion of this family empire in a way, Sonny is not appropriate to that. He would have been perhaps more useful if he'd gotten in on the ground floor, but he's the second generation. His ambitions are still too locally minded. Yeah, the feds are just outsiders, no need to pay any mind to them. But the current family interests, though, have drawn the attention of the FBI and have expanded far beyond the neighborhood. Yes, you're right. He is, to a very large extent, thinking that how the family came up in the neighborhood and the enclaves of New York where law doesn't necessarily apply like it would around Central Park mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. near mm-hmm. parts of Manhattan. He doesn't realize that that has changed, but also he's small-minded and mm-hmm. he has one disagreement with his father and one with his brother Michael that showed that exactly when Solozzo, the Mm -hmm. incoming drug dealing gangster, wants to talk with his father the Don is himself all of politeness, good manners compliments, because he understands that Solozzo is a great adversary. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is not who Sonny is, he just yaps the mouth disrespectfully Mm -hmm. over his father because he's got a hot temper and he sees no reason to control it. What does it mean to deal with other criminals? He's never really thought through the problems with organized Mm -hmm. crime. You can't just speak your mind. Now, the Godfather, even after the assassination attempt and convalescence, still has his wits about him. He still knows to pay attention to intrigue and to intrigue in return. He's a man of deception. His son, Sonny, is not. He's a simpleton. So also with regard to Michael, he doesn't just think that Michael is a weakling as we do in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Now, he's a veteran, he's not a weak man by any stretch mm-hmm. of the imagination, but he doesn't seem to be involved in any of the family violence. But it's Michael who says, okay, this cop wanted to assassinate dad, we gotta take him out, we gotta mm-hmm. murder these people. And Sonny shows again the narrow-mindedness of the streets and of his neighborhood, he says, you never kill a cop. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. the underworld is for the under people, mm-hmm. and, and the cops are above them, and the respect people above the cops. The cops sit in between the ethnic crime organization and the rest of New York, the rest of America. Michael has no such compunctions. He's an Mm -hmm. American. That's right. (laughs) He has America-wide ambitions at any rate. His movement, uh, life outside of his family and his neighborhood, his education, his war experience, his Protestant girlfriend, this gives him perspective on things that Sonny is just way too conventional about and doesn't even question. And yet, pairs say Sonny to his father, you spoke of Solozzo, Vito is sizing Solozzo up. He sends Luca Brasi to do some reconnaissance for him, so a little spying for him. He sees Solozzo as introducing something new. He should be wary of him. He's very dangerous. And Sonny just thinks of him as just some other punk on the street that he can just take out. Sonny's demise as a result of that. Yeah, so that narrow-mindedness is that local-mindedness, the fastidious attention to the conventions of gangster life in the neighborhood. And that makes him a bad godfather, especially in the circumstances where the Genco Corleone 
family interests have found themselves circa late 1940s. And his temper is only going to be the problem with him. Mm-hmm. So I think you can understand to an extent Michael in relation to his brothers. He's as violent as Sonny, but he's not hot-headed. He mm-hmm. has self-control where Sonny doesn't. He also has a desire to tell the truth, like Sonny does, spontaneous, but he learns to control that. Mm-hmm. While he starts by telling the truth to his girlfriend, Kay, he ends by lying to her face about the worst things. That completes his acquisition of self-control. That ultimately means telling the truth to no one unless you have a good reason to do it. Never do it spontaneously. Mm-hmm. That's the intellectual transformation. But it's also in a certain sense like Fredo. He's not that interested in the family business. He's not that involved in the life of the neighborhood and of the Italian minorities. He is mm-hmm. not as ambitious and he is an intriguer like Fredo. He is capable of deceptions. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. unlike Fredo, he's not a weakling. He's not soft. Okay. He has the virtues of the other brothers and none of their weaknesses. Very and good. That makes him such a redoubtable adversary. So you can see why he will rise in the family and why he is even able to escape this catastrophe that is being unleashed. The first generation of gangsters, as we will learn in Godfather 2, like Vito Corleone, had to establish organizations to Mm -hmm. rule in their little kingdoms. With the second generation, things are going commercial. This is the principle introduced by Solozzo, who is the Machiavelli of our film here. He is the man who introduces the principle of commerce and the relationship between money, property, and power. The Godfather is an old kind of man. There are limits he will not trespass. And he believes he has the power to act on his nobility. He will not introduce drugs because drugs ruin people's lives. Mm -hmm. Wasting money on gambling or whoring is kind of all right because it Mm -hmm. does not upset the life of a community. Vito has his calculations there, which I think he misreads as well. His calculation is that if they get involved in the drug trade, then they will lose their connections to the politicians and the judges. Now, the politicians and the judges can look askance at the gambling and alcohol and so on, but with narcotics, no, they won't. But I think, once again, he's misreading the circumstances here, yet he sees this innovation of drugs. Obviously, he has limits. He won't engage in trafficking in that, but he recognizes that something is afoot because, obviously, later on in the movie, he's quite astute as to who's been pulling the strings on this. He can learn, and he can even make a compromise later. Mm-hmm. So he's I'm not, not going to sure be... how honest he is, right? He does say that, okay, we can't get into drugs because we'll have political problems. The mm-hmm. police will crack down. But that's a public thing, he says. I'm yes, not yes. sure he's fully honest about it. I do believe, however, that his aversion to drugs is moral and natural. Yes. He does think that this is something bad. It's intolerable. But I he agree. believes, and this proves to be the mistake that destroys him, that he can afford to say know that the world of organized crime and the business that makes it profitable are stable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is the importance of his claim to be a deliverer of justice. There are rules that are imposed that can be enforced. They can be defended against the radical change introduced by drug commerce. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It turns out that he's wrong about this. He misunderstands Solozo because Solozo is introducing a new commerce. He doesn't realize that Solozo is introducing a new principle. There's a certain understanding that if you bootleg booze, 
use. If you have whorehouses or you run gambling joints, people can live with that. They will lose some money or what have you, but that's as far as it goes. Mm -hmm. You have clients whose desires you satisfy in a way that does not enslave or destroy them. Mm -hmm. The introduction of drugs changes that. You exploit your consumers in a tyrannic way. Yes. And Soloso is therefore also the man who starts ruthlessly murdering people. He says it's just business, which is true because now people have become just business. They are no longer human beings you can deliver justice to and protect with the nobility of the Godfather. You exploit them and you get whatever you want out of them because they will have to live with the fear and the terror. And Solozzo understands in this way everyone. He says, yeah, we'll start a war, we'll destroy people, but we'll win because we are first movers and ruthless. And even the gangster families will have to live with what we've done out of fear of a greater war. This is what is called brinkmanship. Mm -hmm. This guy is willing to scare people into submission, even gangsters. He's a new kind of ruler. Right, and even beyond his death, he succeeds. Yes. Because that new principle he's introduced in the underworld of the five families has now taken root. I agree that Vito's objection to this narcotics trade is moral, but he sees something in Soloso that needs to be further investigated. He recognizes this is trouble. It's not just his ability to say no, and given his prestige, the other families will just nod to what Don Corleone says. He senses something is being introduced here, and so he's trying to size it up as best he can. Um, He has his moral principles and has his pride. He is the distributor of justice and others recognize that, and he's the leader of the five families in a way, but he understands that there's a real threat here. Yes, I do uh, agree, and I think that the astuteness of the dawn is not to be underestimated throughout the story. Machiavelli would say about the Godfather that he thought he could afford to be good and noble, Mm -hmm. and that's what blind him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is the meaning of the famous scene, the shooting of the Godfather. He realizes there's danger when his hapless son Fredo doesn't, because that guy just doesn't think about these things. Mm-hmm. And he tries to run to the car and is gunned down in the street trying to run. Mm-hmm. And this great shot from above in a movie that's mostly shot at eye level to that's get right. a sense of the personal point of view and the secrecy, the private character of everything mm-hmm. that's happening. Here you have a shot from above that shows you the street and how defenseless and powerless the dawn all of a sudden is. He has been blindsided. That's right, for sure. He thought he's the kind of guy who distributes justice and therefore can walk around his neighborhood fearless, openly. Mm -hmm. And that is the mark of politics. Politicians go around living their lives without being afraid. Yes. Don Corleone was that ruler with the consent of the people. Anybody could gun him down, it turns out. But nobody did because they didn't object to his form of rule. Now, something new has happened. And he is aware there are things that are afoot that need to be sized up. It's just he wises up way too late. That's right. He's aware, but he still openly takes his time buying fruit at a fruit stand right in the middle of the street. He trusted that the old ways kept him under protection. And he should know as much as anyone, you would think, given his origins, that's just as precarious as anything else. And so a new principle should make him. Fredo is there driving him because Paulie, who's his normal driver, of course, is sick because apparently he's been involved and setting up this killing. This doesn't cross the Don's mind as being anything out of the ordinary. So he's too comfortable. Yep, exactly. And this is the remark of Solozzo. Think about it. Could I have gotten the Godfather 10 years ago? He's grown soft. Mm -hmm. And that's, of course, true, as we learned in Godfather Mm 2. The young Vito Corleone was lean and much more ferocious. 
this also reminds me of Machiavelli, who famously said that every 10 years, the regime has to return to its principles. That's right. As you point out, the Don has forgotten his origins in violence, not mm -hmm. in the holiness of his godfatherly rule. He thinks that now he can dispense justice and literally stop death, like Amerigo Bonacera wants murder for the violators of his daughter. He says no. He thinks he can decide about life and death. Turns out, no, you're not in that position. That force has not been replaced by the rule of the wise tyrant. Yes. Force is still there, and Solozzo has recourse to it without any problem because he doesn't believe in the holiness of any of these things. That's right. Don Corleone did. His son Michael does not. Mm -hmm. He's mm -hmm. the Solozzo of the family. That's Hence, right. His own solution is to breach the holy limits. You never kill a cop. Why not? Yes. You know, you don't mm -hmm. use a baptism to start murdering people. Why not? Yeah. He was... Well, he has the plan, too. It's yes. not only that he's willing to breach that rule, it's seemingly on the spot as the idea of planting the gun, killing him, and then putting out in the press the cop's been involved with the narcotics trade and try to divert attention from the murder of a cop, branded as the murder of just basically a criminal. It's quite a brilliant plan. It, yes, it and it's with... an all-American plan. You're right. This is very important important that he wants to use the press to mm -hmm. tell the dirty truth, to expose corruption. Now, that's mm -hmm. an American idea. Uh, yeah, all, as you all, said, all these other guys act in secrecy. They're intriguers. They're very old world. This guy wants to use public things. At the beginning, he tells the true story. At the end, he tells the lie. His complete perfection of self-control with his devising of this plan. So we begin to see he brings these skills that Sonny, of course, lacks and that are needed to be in this new environment. This return to our origins every 10 years. We find out the last civil war between the families had been 10 years prior. We're told this is to happen every 10 years. If you take that back to Vito's origins, Vito is weak. He's too comfortable. This new element has been introduced. Nothing personal, strictly business. Don't worry about what you're selling. It's a commodity and it's exploitative, but a lot of money is going to be made more than you ever made, but you need new talents or new skills. Michael's going to bring those. Yep. And he is even more ruthless than Solozzo himself, who thinks he can assure his own safety against the Corleones. Turns out he can't, just like the other families think they can assure themselves against Michael, but he's more ruthless than they are because yes. he's willing to commit more sacred lies mm -hmm. uh, or more transgressions against the sacred. At the end, we see him rejecting Satan even as he <laughs> practices Satan. Mm -hmm. That is, of mm -hmm. course, straight out of Machiavelli. Of course. He has to learn mm -hmm. how to be able not to be good and to use mm -hmm. it when necessary. As you pointed out, that's why Michael's intelligence is so important. He doesn't kill people in anger. He doesn't do things out of impulse. He does things out of calculation. Mm -hmm. But he is successful. And nevertheless, this does transform the family. This brings up another famous Machiavelli saying that you can kill a man's father, but don't mm -hmm. take his patrimony. Yes. Property is more important to people than the sacred family. Mm -hmm. Michael incorporates this principle as well. He starts murdering members of the family. That's right. Mario Puzo and Coppola hit on greatness here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Touching back on this theme then of the American way and then this recourse back to the old world ways. But then the old world ways are presented here as the mask is revealed. So it's Machiavelli's version of the old 
old world. Yes, and, and so, that's so the modern world. That's right, right. And so, so we have the public persona of the United States of equality and liberty and the rule of law and representative government and organized police and courts and system of justice where everyone's rights can be protected. And we see that America, of course, that fails for him. He no longer believes. He believes in the Godfather. And we see Michael coming back to the family. There's still that push, though, I think even in Michael's mind, to still try to enter into some American way. The whole ambition with the father dead, Michael is now in control, and the movement to Las Vegas which is prefigured earlier than that. The selling of the home back in New York, the firing of Tom Hagen, because he's not a wartime conciliar, but he'll be useful for their more legal transactions. But this tension here just never seems to be able to be resolved. Michael can out Machiavelli, all the other possible princes, and yet he is still trying to find some means to be legitimate. That's perfectly true. In New York, the families are falling to a civil war and Mm -hmm. they wipe each other out. And that's one reason you can't trust old world politics. Mm -hmm. Loyalties to tribe and clan Mm -hmm. create certain kinds of intrigue, envy, resentment, dissatisfaction, lack of trust, and ultimately horror. Mm-hmm. murders, betrayals, and gang wars. And we see that in those, I'm hesitant to call it the Sicilian expedition, because where are all the men? And where he's told, well, they've died in vendettas, right? And yep. the scenery in Sicily is barren, it's brown, there are no men around, the church bells ring down the streets, and it's very hollow. And so Michael learns something there of the possible outcome of this perpetual civil war. That's also the moment when he is tempted by respectability. He mm-hmm. hears a about this girl and he mm-hmm. wants to be respectable he wants to court her in the presence of her family with yes. all due respect and to have a sacred yeah. catholic wedding and all That's that right. yes and it all turns to horror because he also grows soft he just gets yeah. lucky and he doesn't get murdered by an assassin the old world is no solution the new yes. world is the future the old world is just too much betrayal people who know each other will kill each other of course there he gets soft it's his own bodyguard that betrays him and he doesn't mm-hmm. know it until it's too late kills his new Newlywed wife Apollonia. He's teaching her to drive, so there's some Americanism there. There's still yes, he wants, exactly. You know, He's introducing he, the principle of equality, and it comes with technology. Yes, How yes. How American yes, is that? Yes, yes. <laughs> and so I guess we can foresee the future back in the states. By the way, it matters that the wife he marries in Italy is, in that sense, he's inferior. He's a superior as an American. Whereas yes. back in America, it was this daughter of some family way more upscale than his. In he was the yeah. so he was obviously his social superior. We see them one time go at a dinner. That's a very sophisticated restaurant. Yes, yes very, it is. Not uh, like what you see with the Corleones. She's put up in some hotel on Plaza or something like this and Yeah. Their day of shopping in New York is also very well-appointed. Right. They're well-dressed in a way most Americans, of course, can't be. They're in the respectable they, part of town. They go to see the bells of St. Mary's at uh, Radio City. It's, yep, uh, exactly. Yeah, where she asks if he wish he would prefer her to become a nun. My goodness. Yes. Uh, <laughs> wow. There's the headline, though. Vito's been shot. I believe it's right after that scene. Exactly. Uh, right. Uh, she tells him about all these gifts. She wants to give nice gifts and ties and everything to everybody in the family like respectable people do but then she sees this headline and attracts his attention and it turns out that that fantasy like with the other wife this is not going to work out 
he is called to lead the family because of his own ambitions. His anger at what has happened to his father pulls him back in because he cannot leave it up to anybody else. Mm -hmm. He insists to do the murdering himself. He thinks he's better than the others, even his brother who's running the family. And that's his primary ambition. Neither this soft, sophisticated gifts and movies romance, nor the other more erotic romance of uh-huh. Italy That's right. works out mm-hmm. for him. And he turns out to have an anti-erotic destiny. That's right. Uh, which Al Pacino is very good at delivering on yeah. screen. <laughs> the more unattractive yes. protagonist is hard to imagine. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, yeah, you I... say that Machiavellianism is terrific to watch, but it makes you into a zombie. Yes. <laughs> This cold, flat, the look in his eyes, uh, none of that Pacino bombast of later years. Yeah. So when he finally gets back with her, when he returns from Sicily after the wars died down a bit and it's safe for him to return, I guess some deals have been made with the cops and the courts. He's not going to be charged with murder and they're not even going to investigate it. Yeah, He just returns to Kay. She's become a school teacher, taking care of children. Uh, Michael knows now as the leader of the family, he needs a wife. He's going to need children. Kay, as you pointed out earlier, is totally unsuited to this life, but he chooses her. Why? Because, you know, throughout we've seen the relationship of men and women. There's an interesting scene at the wedding at the beginning. Sonny gets angry at his wife. Take care of these children. And so you have the women and children and even the boys up to a certain age are going to be around nothing but women until at a certain point they enter into gangsterism and men with their business and even murder. Perhaps he can just keep Kay out, take care of his successors, his children. But you definitely have a strong division of labor in the household there. Yep. <clears throat> girl from her social class she's a school teacher some kind of commentary on american society yes and the yeah. role of women but he of course right at the end tells her never ask me about my business yes because he wants to keep at least certain parts of the old world separation of men and women mm-hmm. serious mm-hmm. things are for men women mm-hmm. will not be tolerated there that's what michael corleone keeps of the old education and she does seem to fit that she's a blue blood of a kind you know that's fairly old world. There's going to be an issue with religion, I would assume. So you have a marriage at the beginning, and it's the daughter being married off. Uh, At the end, you have a baptism of the daughter's son. So one of the things the women are doing is bringing up the children in the church. Kay, not Catholic, that would, of course, introduce a new problem if their responsibility is just to watch after the little ones and raise them up to a certain point till the boys move off with the family business and the daughters get married off. This, of course, does come to a head in Godfather 2. That division is to be reproduced in these families, but it's going to be challenged by America. Yep, you're right. Most of what uh, Michael grew up with is not going to exist anymore, that everything is being changed simply because of what America is and the commitments to individual freedom and uh, certain forms of social equality are going to transform things. As his adventure in the old world turns out to be a catastrophe, he commits himself fully to the new world. This doesn't just mean the new world of the mobsters in New York. He thinks you got to put all that behind. He wants to have vengeance and to destroy everybody who was behind his father's death and the death of his brother. But he doesn't want to rule that place. He thinks that's the past. The future mm-hmm. of America is out west after the war. That's and right. And that's another sign, as you pointed out, that that's what an American does. He goes out west. That's where freedom is. We can make something for yourself. That's right. That's where he founds his own founding. Yeah. So Sonny, the horizon is the old neighborhood. His mind 
And yet, over the years, the business has expanded beyond that. And Michael realizes that as long as they stay in New York, they're going to be looked upon as merely gangsters. You've got this new thing coming up out west, Las Vegas. Tourists from all across the country can go there and enjoy entertainment and do gambling. And it's all very light vice and a lot of fun. Now he can go out there and his reputation and his family's reputation will no longer hold him down as much. And he can start anew at the oasis in the desert. Obviously, California has been settled, but there is this kind of frontier. He's going to move out there. Yep, that's very true. That It's all American. The story thinks about American society. This guy wants to destroy the families in New York for what they did to him. But he's also destroying his father's world. His father's world was New York. He thought beyond his neighborhood, but not beyond his city. That's right. And he thought about ruling the five families, but not taking them over or being just one family. Mm -hmm. But all that is over now. And Michael is going out west. He's going to be in the casino business, which just seems to put an American capitalist business engine into what the family was already doing. Gambling. That's right. Drinks. And of course, women. And all that can happen in Vegas. And he's learning something else about America, that America might look the other way as you do these things in New York, but it can become an industry in Vegas. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. American freedom can be way weirder than Americans can understand. Vegas may be a vacation or a weekend for some, but it's a way of life for others. That's right. That's and right. it can become legalized in America. That's one thing. The other thing he understands is that celebrity is involved in this. He can <laughs> call in the favors with Johnny Fontaine. John right. Add glamour, which in America can replace respectability or help with getting respectability. Mm-hmm. His business is going to attract people, consumers, because they're going to have all these spectacles that are glamorous celebrities there johnny fontaine is to bring some of his friends now that's right of course that's how you get your way back to respectability and profitability at the same time that shows a lot about america and then there was the truth about vegas for a long time yes and in certain ways of course still is i mean i walk the streets of vegas the reek of weed nowadays (laughs) that's right i haven't been there in a while yeah well yeah we already know that dean martin and jerry lewis are out there so johnny fontaine is gonna pick up his casino but once again of course his plans of having fredo out there who's done nothing to try to convince mo green to sell out so he has to eliminate the five families he also has to eliminate Mo Green. And Mo Green is talking to the five families behind his back. Right, that's right. uh, And that's another American fear. What if your past catches up to you? Mm -hmm, You want to go out west to make a new living, but you have to cut your ties with the past. That's right. And that includes your father's world, but it includes the five families. I note that when they sell the house and that the final scenes where the movers are there packing up the house, you have the for sale sign, and now it's the Genco property development company. So we've moved from olive oil to just real estate. Uh, And out west, we'll have the properties and the casinos, the hotels and the show business and the glamour. And this will be a place for innocent vice and for pleasures on the weekend. It's our business, perhaps, but this is moving that further degree towards becoming an American without being connected to that criminal element. But even establishing that, of course, requires the murder of Mo Green. 
Yep. And Foundations still require blood, mm -hmm. but you can conceal it because Las Vegas is a new place. Mm -hmm. uh, in New York, you'll always be part of the organized crime and mm -hmm. the city is built above you. You can corrupt the city politicians to some extent, but you can't take over. But in Las Vegas, you could have greater yeah. ambitions with far fewer restrictions. Sure, you're building the city out of the desert. You know, what's country? more all-American than that, right? Turning yeah. the desert into an oasis. Yeah, the foundations trying to establish from a state of nature rather than where your foundations are connected to this long legacy of generations tied to the past you just can start from nothing that's, and then that's build very there. true that's a great observation in new york michael was his father's son and he was part of one of the families and of the establishment of those families and of their italian roots back home where mm -hmm. he also has to go visit to hide away for a while so family and blood and history are all weighing you down in vegas there's none of that we'll learn michael kills his brother his only remaining yes. brother he has no respect for family and that means also that he's completely free in America, in Vegas, you can be your own man. You can be for yourself and you can make your own way. How? By your powers. Mm -hmm. And by modern powers, you can turn a desert into an oasis. That's right. You don't have to have fertile, hospitable place. You can make the inhospitable hospitable by your powers. Yeah, you have a very profitable business by selling games of chance that for sure are going to line your pockets. So perhaps not so much chance and mm -hmm. uh, or conquering of chance here. Yes, and, it is and, the conquest of a chance. That's yeah, what right? gambling means. And, it, and also the glamour attached to it. So a beautification. So there's a reason to go there. But the reason to go there, I suppose, is just to feel a part of the beautiful world of the celebrities. And what is the connection between celebrities and gambling, slot machines? Luck. And mm -hmm. that therefore shows the other side of America just as surely as crime does. In America, you're supposed to earn your way, deserve well of your countrymen by doing something good for them for which you'll be rewarded. Mm -hmm. In America, people don't hate money and they don't hate the rich because they think they earned it and it was gotten mm -hmm. by consent. And that should make uh, the country a meritocracy. But in reality, Americans play games of chance. In reality, Americans aren't just hardworking. They also worship celebrities mm -hmm. because that's about unjust gain. Mm -hmm. Now, gambling and the celebrities are the beautiful lie about unjust gain. Mm -hmm. Michael Corleone is the ugly truth about unjust gain. If you want to see how it's done, Yes, I suppose Vito's role in Johnny's career, too. That's the famous offer you can't refuse. Johnny Fontaine has been blessed with his looks and his voice and his charm, so much so that Kay, the non-Italian, is just thrilled to see him when he arrives at the wedding. So he has achieved this status, and he's going to, a la Frank Sinatra, move into the uh, movie business as his voice is getting a little bit weaker. This is all seemingly based upon the, the genetic lottery, and yet he still has to come back to The Godfather to save his career. Plus corruption in Hollywood, too. Yep. Now, as things are moving to Vegas, he's going to need Michael's blessings. And, you know, even if he wanted to say no, he can't, because that's where things are moving. Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis, after all, have gone to Vegas. So that's where he's got to go as well. So the whole thing is a conquest of chance. And yet it shows everybody's accepting that somehow chance dictates all. 
Yep. That's what it means ultimately, another great Machiavellian phrase, to make somebody an offer they can't refuse, to give mm -hmm. them no choice, yes. work with necessity. The conquest of chance turns out to mean that you have no choice, that the godfather has no choice but to move into drugs or be wiped out by those who do. That's right. There are the pro-drug families, the anti-drug mm -hmm. dawn, and in between mm -hmm. them there's this guy who stands up and says, I was against drugs. I want rules about drugs. We don't do that near schools. There are yes. still holy things. Think of the children. It's America. <laughs> but he says, even if I pay my people top dollar not to go into drugs, like Ford paying his workers a lot of money, they still will jump at the chance of getting more money through drugs and wipe out the competition. You can't say no. It's an offer you can't refuse. That's right. You either take your chance, you either make your opportunity, or you'll be wiped out. That's the creative destruction of the market, we call it. That, yes, of course, yes. The attempt, quite cynically, of course, with that family was at the meeting of the five families, the one Don says, well, we'll sell it to the black neighborhoods without ever thinking that this, of course, will enter right into their households. I believe there's drug-taking scenes in the much-maligned Godfather Part 3, the daughter of Michael. I think but, you're right. And so you see that this creative destruction has a lot of destruction to it. You're, of course, right about that. And we see that this ethnic prejudice that you can put a stop. Black neighborhoods might be wiped out, but Italians will be fine. It's mm -hmm. crazy. And it wasn't realistic from the beginning. But people always want to negotiate with necessity. And on the other hand, to succeed like Michael, you have to see that you don't negotiate with necessity. You do what is necessary. You yes. kill the other families before they kill you. Yes. That turns out to be an economic rather than a political principle. It's about where you can make money the most. And you have to go with that. You don't have a choice. If you're trying to sell typewriters in our world, you're not going to get very far. Yes. Hell, I'm at a laptop here, but if you think the future of computing is laptops, <laughs> yeah. it's over for you. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing as I'm looking at my laptop. So, yes. Think of the past. Yeah. So, whereas you could compare Vito, I suppose, when confronted with Solazzo, so he knows an innovation's being made here. He knows this is a threat. He knows he needs to size it up. He's got his moral objections to it. He thinks he has time to maybe make certain accommodations as he gathers more information. Michael is much more impetuous and willing to just seize the moment. And when it comes to killing the police captain and Salazzo at the restaurant, of course, Tom Hagen is advising caution, move slowly. Sonny is even persuaded at that moment. And it's Michael who says, no, we have to act now. So if you think of even this economic change, you have to get in on the ground floor, if not even create the floor yourself. So Michael, he understands that. Michael Corleone, who seems like a failed American because he didn't put his war service yeah. and his Ivy League education to a respectable purpose, mm -hmm. but turned into a crime lord, in fact, seems to have Americanized in another sense to have fully taken into himself the principles of individualism, of making your own opportunity mm -hmm. and seizing your opportunity at what whatever cost and they are shown in him in a naked form just like a founding is shown clearly in the west in Las Vegas mm -hmm. because everything else like New York City is too old for people to remember indeed mm -hmm. New York even has a pre-American past there's no such thing with Las that's Vegas right. it's all American that's right and out of the desert and, and so that westward movement is this constantly refashion oneself and start anew can one begin at a state of nature? Is that possible? And that, of course, presumes that human beings have powers of mastery of control in that way. And so Michael is going to make himself, make his fortune, and do it in the desert. That's very American. <laughs> um, yep, so that's true. It's and not the senator 
At the end, Vito, of course, says, you know, I wish you'd have been a senator or a governor. But that, of course, would require him to stay in New York, perhaps, actually. After all, the Bushes went from Connecticut to Texas. So Yeah, so. I was thinking about that. Uh, that <laughs> yeah. That's the other American dynasty, the Bushes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, like Michael Corleone and John Kennedy, uh, George H.W. Bush was a war hero. And yeah. he took his family out west, in that case, to Texas. And the oil industry. So you have to be astute of these things to be a self-made man. And that is then what necessity dictates you do that. It's the American success story. Look how he got in on the ground floor. Look how he was there when no one else was there and through his sheer determination. Well, he was lucky to be there at the beginning, but in a way he's trying to create his own luck, to be that one step ahead. Yep, and that's the individualist fantasy in America. It's not all of America, but it's a big story in America. Sure. Sure. You can be a self-made man and therefore make your own luck, but that means reading the circumstances and the people and obeying them. That's right. That's Whereas right. Whereas in any community that's already constituted, people have opinions that lead them to resist change, to want to oppose it. They don't want the next thing. They want the thing they've already got to keep it. Mm -hmm. They don't want to be revolutionized or disrupted. No. Michael, like Soloso, is a great disruptor. That's right. <laughs> he sure is. I guess you could even see shifting of commodity fetishization, first with olive oil into gambling and prostitution, then into drugs, then into these kinds of games of chance and the selling of celebrity. There's a, a shifting. The method stays the same, but the content keeps shifting. And that's yeah. being a slave to that necessity. You have to do what it tells you to do. And you're right about this thing shift until they get into a new America that is wealthier, more sophisticated, with more individual freedom and more freedom of choice as to what your pleasures are mm -hmm. and more chances to satisfy them. Mm -hmm. But also, these things become less and less real. Celebrity is not a real thing. Mm -hmm. Gambling is not a real thing either. Mm -hmm. There's a problem there that to some extent. The chasing after unjust gain, which is there in celebrity worship and gambling, is a preference mm -hmm. for the virtual over the real, mm -hmm. descent mm -hmm. into fantasies. There's a certain desire desire to want to be a self-made man, to be a great disruptor, is to be greatly dissatisfied with the way things are. Dislike reality. And does that mean you'll make a new reality? Or maybe that you'll just succumb to fantasy? The drug dealer may be making some kind of new reality for himself. The druggie, however, is descending into fantasies that will destroy him. That's right. Yeah. And with these relationships, you lose the possibility of a common good. And also the requirement to establish your new way in Vegas, you, you, it's never going to stop just like with Vito. I suppose you could see through part two that Michael is never comfortable. He may slip, he may nod here or there, but this is something that you have to continue doing. And so he wants his business to go legit, but that notion his father had of being a governor and a senator, that now is gone. Rather, you're just going to buy those guys. They themselves, I suppose, become commodities at the point. But some sense of the common good, the public good, working for the good of the people, this is gone. You know, at the end, when his father said, I thought you would be a governor, this shows the turn in Michael. Perhaps at the beginning of the movie, at the wedding, he still might envision himself becoming a governor. And by the end, he just says, oh, you mean you want me to be one of those big shots? But he says it contemptuously. I'm going to be the guy who's pulling the strings. That's where the whole Godfather thing comes in that final conversation between Vito and Michael. Right? So from the point of view of the mafia, somebody's got to pull the strings. Somebody's got to be Godfather. Now, you can call that senator. You can call him judge. You can call him Don. Whatever you call him, somebody's going to have to pull the strings of every 
everybody else. But then it turns mm-hmm. out that there's a irreducible difference between respectability and legality on the one hand, mm-hmm. and on the other hand, gains that are unjust mm-hmm. and which apparently aren't to be legitimated. There's mm-hmm. no happy end for this story. It's, except for fantasy. So it's that mm-hmm. fantasy world completely divorced from the degrading reality that you leap into as if it's some legitimation, despite the fact that the world around you is falling apart. And in part because you know, rather than seeing governor or senator as someone who's either pulling or being pulled, but the more ideal understanding of American self-government, trying to have government that aims at the common good. That is completely gone. Yep. And so you know that things are headed for tragedy, I think. It's part of the greatness of the Godfather story. Another time we'll have to talk about Godfather 2 and part 3, which is much (laughs) maligned, but it's the necessary great story ending. This is where tragedy must go. But it's not exciting. It's disappointing. The Godfather is a disappointing figure and is disappointed himself. When reality comes crashing in, it's not such a fun spectacle anymore. But it's a great movie and has a great moral finale for everything. Mm -hmm. And so we'll have to do some more talking about The Godfather. Uh, Hopefully we've said some things that haven't been said 500 times times before and thank you so much for having me titus it was a pleasure john this has been a riveting conversation and i hope our audience will also enjoy it and we gotta do this some more absolutely i agree bye-bye john bye-bye